So we've been doing a series on Sabbath on uh, Sunday mornings. This is our, our fifth week of doing that series and of um, going through it. And uh, this might be the end of it. We're not sure. We're just kind of taking as it goes and figuring it out. We've been looking through... Um, uh, uh, scripture. We've been looking at different things. We've also been um, working on uh, uh, looking at this book by Mark Buchanan that's called The Rest of God, Restoring My Soul by Restoring Sabbath. And uh, and so some of you have been reading that along as well. And we found that to be a really helpful thing. And, uh, and, and really just looking at this idea of rest. Because Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and who carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest rest. And some of us have gone, whew, I really need that rest. And so we've just been walking this through going, what does it look like if we have Sabbath rhythm of life going on in our crazy busy lives? And so we've kind of covered a few different areas. We've talked about um, Sabbath being a gift, that it's a sign uh, of who God is, that, that God is God and we are not. And, and there's this sign of that. And so if we are being driven, we took time one Sunday to, to look at our, look within and go, am I be, what am I being driven by? What is it that's driving me to lead this crazy, busy life? Because it's not God. If it's not God doing that, then what is it? And how do I deal with that? And how do I work that through? And so we talked about that. We took some time praying through Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And, and actually just pausing in each of us individually praying through that prayer. We talked about um, having a framework set up in our lives and this understanding and actually living our lives within this framework of understanding that God is sovereign and God is good. And we said we can't possibly practice Sabbath if we don't have that framework in place because if we're not quite sure that God is sovereign and God is good, then we can't rest. We can't take a break because everything might actually be on our shoulders. Everything might actually depend on us, and that's not good. And so we said, how do we do that? How do we? And then last week, we, 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 we talked about this concept of time. And how we always feel we're short of time, we're killing time, we're wasting time, we're stretching time, we're all of these things about time, and yet our God is outside of time. Our God is always present, always in all the presence, <laughs> you know, and, and that God has given us all the time we need to live the lives that he has called us to live. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I stood up here last Sunday and said very confidently, you know, from a very place of, of holiness and, and wonders, I say, our God has given us all the time we need to live the life he has called us to live. Now, I don't know what happened in your world this week, but my world went a little bit crazy. And every day this week, I went, God has given me all the time that I need. And another voice would go, are you sure? <laughs> Anybody else identify with that or just me? Okay. So, so just know I'm walking this out with you. And we talked about that and saying, well, if God has given us all the time that we need, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit. Mm, I'm going to submit my time to God. I'm going to offer my time to God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fully present in every moment as it goes, trusting that God is already there. And so we prayed, God, would you establish the work of our hands? Would you make what we do with the time you've given us? God, would you make it meaningful and make it lasting? So it's kind of where we've been the last few weeks. I want to look today at, at what we call, uh, often referred to as the Ten Commandments in Scripture, right? because that's where Sabbath is mentioned. And there's two places in scripture where the Ten Commandments are, are listed. One is in the book of Exodus, 
And one is in the book of Deuteronomy. And, and it lists the whole Ten Commandments. And the part about Sabbath is almost completely identical in both those places, in both Exodus and in Deuteronomy. And so both of them, Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, both say this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. And it's the same up until then. And then Deuteronomy adds one extra line and says, all your male and female servants must rest as you do. Because, of course, we all have households full of servants, right? here on Sunday morning. And, and it's essentially in that scripture, it's the same until that point. And then Exodus and Deuteronomy go very different ways. It changes, and they each offer a reason for Sabbath, and the reason is different in each one. So Exodus says, continues on, and Exodus chapter 20, verse 11 says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day, he what? Rested. He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So in Exodus, when, when Moses is giving the reason, God is giving the reason of why you should practice Sabbath, why he wants his people, he bases the idea, he grounds it in creation. Looking back at the Garden of Eden and going, well, God created, God worked for six days, and then God rested for a day. And so we should imitate God's example. We should follow the example that he set, and we also should rest. And so it looks, it looks up towards God, and it's this theological rationale for why, why Sabbath, why rest, and, and looking at God's character. And it's this call to be like God, be like God. God. God rested. God took a day to rest, and so should uh, and so should you, and so should I. And it reminds us that we are God's children, and so it's this invitation to be like God. And then, of course, when we do that, when we actually imitate God and we take a day of rest, it becomes a reminder to us again of what we've already said, that we aren't actually God. It becomes this reminder that if we don't take proper care of ourselves— we break. We, we aren't okay because this, we're not God. That is not true of God. God, okay, I don't want to burst your, your bubble here. God doesn't need a rest. What? He doesn't need a rest. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't run a risk of breaking down or burning out. God doesn't need a sabbatical. God doesn't need a vacation. God doesn't even need a good night's sleep. God is complete without rest, but we are not. Now, we fall into the trap of thinking we're the exception, okay? Every one of us here probably does this. We fall into this trap where we go, well, I know that everyone else needs a rest, but I'm fine. 
I know my spouse works too hard. They should take a rest. My child, my parent, my coworker, my friend, my all of that. Oh, you should take care of yourself. But each of us fall into the trap of going harder and harder and working faster and trying to do more and squish more into the days one day after another, after another, after another. And then, and, and we just keep going, well, I'm the exception to the rule. I am the one for whom busyness will prove greatly fruitful. I shall have a tremendously productive life because I I don't need rest and I'm going to use my rest time to keep working and to keep on doing more. And I'm just here to tell you today, we cannot find a way around our need for rest. You need a rest. Okay. Now you all went really silent. So turn to the person beside you and just go, you need rest. Tell them because they all think I'm talking to you. Okay. You need rest. So God, knowing that we would try to get around this, Knowing that we would try very hard to go, well, I don't actually need rest. He took the lead and was like, well, hey, I'm God. I'm going to rest. If I'm going to rest, I think you should too. And he set us this example and gave us this command to follow so that, again, we can discover and remember that God is God and we are not. And that's okay. So that's, that's Exodus. Now, Deuteronomy, when it explains the rationale behind uh, taking a Sabbath, it goes a whole different direction. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. And that is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Well, that's a whole different reason right? Exodus gives this reason as you take a rest because creation, because God set the example and we're going to be like God and, you know, all of that. And Deuteronomy goes, we're going to look back at Egypt. We're going to look back at when we were in slavery. We're going to look back in this idea of liberation and go, God delivered us from something and we ain't going back. We're not going to go back to slavery. It's this reminder that God saved, that God rescued. And so Sabbath is this, is this holy defiance for God's people, for the children of Israel. It's this holy defiance going, we ain't going to ever be nobody's slaves again. We are God's children. And, and he says in this scripture, you were once slaves. Slaves don't get to take a rest. When we're in slavery, we don't, there is no day when we get to take a rest. When we don't have a choice about resting or about working. And then that lack of choice for the Israelite people in Egypt, it was reinforced by taskmasters, by slave drivers who would punish if they ever, if they ever, if they ever tried to take a rest. Slaves worked and other people rested. So in the, in Mark Buchanan says rest was for other people. Rest was for Pharaoh. He placed taskmasters over you to smile sinister smiles and clench their forearms into tight braids of muscle whenever you looked even the tiniest bit as if you might sit down for a spell. And, and, and it just goes on in the scripture. You know, remember those taskmasters that were over you. God, God went to extravagant lengths to get rid of them. To make them stop taking control of your lives. Remember the whole 10 plagues of Egypt that we talked about a number of months ago. Those 10 plagues were to bring Israel out to rescue them so that they could have freedom and they could have liberation and they could have the right to rest. And then from that restful place to worship God. 
And so Deuteronomy explains Sabbath by going, don't, don't revive what God removed. Don't put back together again a really heavy yoke that, that God already smashed apart so that you could be free and you could, you could take, you could live out the rhythms of grace and the rhythms of Sabbath. Sabbath is a refusal to go back to the slavery of Egypt. Now we struggle with that one too. Because even though, you know, those taskmasters, those slave drivers, even though God got rid of them, some of us, some of us still have them living in our heads, right? What do you think you're doing? Well, I was just, I was, I was just going to sit down for a minute. Sit down. What do you think? You have time to sit down? Well, I just, you know, I've been working really hard. And I, there is laundry to be done. Do you know that there is a pile of dirty laundry there and your, and oh my goodness, your email inbox, do you know how many people you are letting down right now because you haven't answered their email? Well, I was just, I was just got, oh, you should get up. You have a paper to write for school. You have a thesis to work on and you need to put in more hours and more time and do more research and get better resources and all of that and your groceries. Don't even get me started on your fridge. Do you know that in your refrigerator you have a wilted piece of celery and some chicken that is long past its date? You don't get to rest. There's no, anybody else have this voice in their head or is it just me? Right? Okay? And, and, and the voice just keeps on going and it goes, you don't deserve a rest. And you go, well, I just, I'm, I'm going to rest a little bit. Well, then you should be productive with your rest. You can't just sit around doing nothing. You should be productive with your rest. You know, you should really learn something. Maybe pick up another language or read a book that's going to teach you something about society, about the world that you're living in. You can do that on your rest. You don't just get to sit there looking at the sunshine. You should learn something. You should do something. You should, I mean, who on earth told you that you were allowed to rest, that you were just able to just sit down? And it's this voice in our head that goes on and on and on, and it's ruthless. It never stops. And the problem with this voice is it's half right. It's half true. Now, can we just, can, we're family here, right? We've all said welcome home to each other, and so we're just, we're just going to be honest. Okay, it's, it's partly, how many of you have laundry at home that really needs to be done right now? Right? How many of you, if, if we opened your fridge, you would go, ugh, you'd cringe a little bit, Right? Some of you are like, well, I got a grocery shop. And it's not just grocery shopping. It's you should be actually finding the best deals so that you can use your money properly. So you should go to four different grocery stores and get the things that are on sale at each one. And for goodness sake, could you eat healthy because your family needs to be eating, you know, organic and vegetables and all the leafy things and blah, blah, blah. And it's all gone bad in your fridge. How many, right? And so there's some truth to this voice because we're all going, oh, okay, well, I know everybody else in the church has their laundry done, but I don't, and I don't want them to know. And there's this half truth, which makes it stick in our heads. But here's the thing. Something that is half true is also half lie. If it's half true, it's not all true, then there's a lie mixed in there with it. And it's the lie that's messing with our heads. And so in, in the rest of God, it says that the lie the taskmasters want you to swallow is that you cannot rest until all your work is done and done better than you're currently doing it. But the truth is, the work's never done and is never done quite right. 
And it's always more than you can finish and less than you had hoped for. So we're all thoroughly discouraged now. And then Mark Buchanan goes on and he goes, so what? So what? Get this straight. The rest of God, the rest that God gladly gives so that we might discover that part of God that we're missing is not a reward for finishing. It's not a bonus for work well done. It is sheer gift. And some of you are like, I don't know. You need to say it out loud. Okay, ready? One, two, three. It is sheer gift. And you're going, oh, some of you, I can feel it. You're still tense, okay? Say it again. It is sheer gift. The rest of God is a gift. We rest because God told us we could. That's it. We rest because, turn the person beside you and go, God said you could rest. And some, some of you, we rest because God told us we could. And some of you are looking at me right now going, was she just going to stop talking? I thought I'd take a rest. We rest because God says we can. And in some ways, the whole point of, 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 of coming out of Egypt was so that, you know, God said, let my people go. Moses said, let my people go, that they might worship God. It was so that they could get out of Egypt, so they could have a rest, so that they could worship God. And it all ties together, this whole worship and living for God, stopping from all the work, stopping from all the worry, stopping from all the planning, all the running, and just going, ah. And standing amazed and thankful before God and all that he has done. Now, some of you are a little bit stressed out right now because you're like, I don't know how to do this. And is she honestly just going to say that we should take one day in seven? I'm supposed to take Sabbath. I don't know what the guidelines are. I don't know what the rules are. And seriously, how on earth am I supposed to do this? I don't want to stress you out. So, so I want to I, I give you a few guidelines and then I'm going to tell you what Jeff and I have been, have been trying to do. And maybe it will be helpful for you, okay? So there's, there's actually not a lot of guidelines in Scripture about how specifically we're supposed to do Sabbath today, here, here and now. There's, there's definitely language of rest when we look at Scripture. There's definitely language of not working, not working at your job when you talk about Sabbath. There's also um, some language of denying yourself, but, but the denying yourself is the, is the denying yourself sometimes of, of this drivenness to be productive and efficient going, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to give in to this thing where my, my worth is based on what I do. I'm not going to, I'm going to deny that. I'm not going to have that happen. Or denying my desire to prove I don't need a rest when God says I do. Or, or just denying myself that I, I could just do whatever I want. No, no, no. God is still part of Sabbath. And so there's definitely this language of all these things. There's also language that is not just a day off. It's not just, you know, a vacation day where I'm just going to do whatever I want and it's a day off and all of that thing. No, no, it's still a day that includes God and that invites God into the time and remembering God and celebrating what God has done and not just doing what I want, but actually honoring God. And, and for what it's worth, there's language in there that's pretty clear that, that it's, it's one day in seven, which for us is, it seems like a lot. And maybe, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe it takes a while to kind of get, but I'm just saying that's, that's what's in Scripture is this idea of a, a one day in seven. Now, I, here's what I want you to know. 
there's no, there's nothing in scripture that says Sabbath should be, you know, very serious all the time with no joy, no jokes, and no play. There's nothing in scripture that says that. There's nothing even that says, and you should be in this building where the church gathers all day long as part of Sabbath. That is, that is how it should be. Now, can we, just, can we just talk about that? Because for some, and everybody comes from different backgrounds, so don't be offended as I just sort of hit on a couple things. But, but for some of us, you know, we, we, we grew up going, well, Sabbath meant Sunday, and Sunday meant we're going we're gonna to be in church all day long, and we're going to sit there, and we're not going to enjoy it. We're certainly not going to enjoy church. We're going to sit there very solemnly and very strictly and, and try not to nod off because if we do, mom's going to jab us in the elbows, or in the elbow, in the ribs. And, and, all, and there's no play, and there's no joy, and there's no, there's no, and I was going to say that I don't think that seems quite right. Because there's this moment in Scripture in the New Testament where, where the religious leaders were mad at Jesus. I mean, ripping mad at Jesus. And it said the reason they were mad at Jesus was because he healed a man on the Sabbath. And they said there's a rule against that. So just, just note, there's no rule against that. But they said there was a rule. They were really mad. You can't do that. You can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. How dare you bring joy into that man's life? How dare dare you bring restoration and health and wholeness into his life. This is the Sabbath when we are glorifying God. And they were really mad at him about that. But can I just say that when Jesus healed that guy, I bet he was pretty happy. I bet he couldn't wipe the smile off his face to save his life. He didn't care if it was the Sabbath or not the Sabbath. He had just been healed. And so, so that's a good thing. And then for other people, you know, uh, sometimes for pastors, not me because I'm delightful, but other pastors, right, or leaders in the church, you know, Sabbath, if it equals Sunday, then Sunday, you know, somebody comes up to us and goes, you know, Sunday should be a day of rest. And, and pastors, we go, really? Because it's not. It's not a day of rest for us. It's a day of, filled with work and responsibility. And we love the work and we're grateful for the responsibility. But sometimes, you know, pastors, other pastors, can become a little bit resentful at this idea that Sunday is supposed to be a day of rest because it's just not a day of rest. And then if you get resentful, well, that doesn't seem quite right either. So there's that. And then for some people, um, Sabbath or a Sunday has just come to mean, well, it's just a day off. And I, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I need to take care of myself. Or it's a time when I'm going to devote it exclusively to my family. And so we end up skipping the gathering together like this of God's family on church to worship God. And, and, and that, that doesn't seem quite right either because it elevates my preferences and it elevates my family or whatever activity. It elevates that over the gathering together of, of all of us. And, and God does value the church. Jesus valued the church. There's words all the way through the Bible about the gathering together and worshiping together and we need each other and all of that. And, and, and we're not just supposed to just leave God out. So when Jesus said in Mark chapter 2 that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, that wasn't the end. He followed that up. He didn't say, so go do whatever you want and forget me. No, he said, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So, so Jesus is still included in it. Jesus is still part of the Sabbath. So, so when we look at those guidelines, then we go, okay, so then how do we do this? How do we find the balance? How do we, how do we work this out? So, so let me tell you what Jeff and I 
have been trying to do, okay? And, and we, uh, we, we've been trying to, to kind of work this out, and I asked him permission to share this with you today, and he said it was fine. And, and so I'm just going to tell you this, but I just want to say up front, we're not, we're not perfect, okay? Now, I know many of you think we are. I don't know why you're laughing, but I, anyway, we have a goal that within 12 to 14 months from now, we're going to have hit perfection, but we're not there yet. Okay, so, so we're not perfect so by any means. And honestly, this idea of intentionally trying to practice Sabbath, something more than just going to church on Sunday or whatever, it, it's a little bit new for us as well. And so we're, we're trying to do it. And so I'm just sharing honestly as what we're doing, trying to work to figure it out. And so for us, um, Sunday doesn't quite work because for us, we love Sundays. We love you. We love gathering together with the church. We love worshiping God. But it, it's, not, it's not a rest for us. And, and, and somebody, if you really want to get blunt and maybe a little bit cynical, lots of people look at pastors and go, well, you have to be there. And that is true. I do have to be here, and, and, and it's, it's my job. Now, I just want to also say that before it was my job, I was at church every Sunday and carrying responsibility, all of that, long before somebody was paying me to be here. So it's an authentic thing, but it's not, it's not really rest. I don't have a lot of freedom on Sundays. Jeff has a little bit more than I do, but not much. And, so, and then we both work quite full-time outside of Sundays. And so, so how do we do this? And so here's, here's what we have been trying to do, and I, I offer it to you as just our story, okay? We've been trying to start on Friday evening, and we do it whenever trucker man here gets home from work, which might be 8 p.m. But, but when he gets home from work on Friday night, we go, let's, let's start over dinner. And we attempt to have as many errands as possible out of the way before that. And so we, we have our own rhythms of how we can do that. So I can sometimes work from home. And when I work from home, I also have laundry running in the background while I'm working on stuff. Jeff, in between deliveries with his truck, pays the bills with his phone so that we don't have to do that as much on the weekend. And so there's, there's different ways. And so Friday evening, we, we, we aim to start more or less the best we can 24 hours of Sabbath. This is what we've been trying to do. And, and so we start with dinner together. And it's not in front of the TV. Not in front of the TV. And there's no phones allowed. So there's that. And, and we take time somewhere around that dinner, either before or after or in the middle. And by the way, it's not a fancy dinner. It's pretty, you know, wilted celery in the fridge, I told you. And so it's a pretty straight up basic dinner. But we have supper together. And, and we take some time before or after, some time around that supper time together to, to pray. And to just quietly invite God into our next 24 hours. God, would you help us? Would you be with us in our next 24 hours? We invite you into this time that we have. And then, and then, we go to sleep because we're tired. How many people here are tired? You should go to sleep. Not now. You can now, but don't snore. And, and so we, we go to sleep, and we have a really good sleep on Friday night, and we do, try not to set our alarms for Saturday morning, but we have a puppy that bounces us awake about 7 in the morning, and so she wakes up and starts bouncing all over us, and so we make coffee and travel mugs, and we put the leash on the dog, and we start walking, because for us, coffee and walking creates opportunities for conversation. That works really well for us. And, and so some of the conversation is light, and then some of it goes deeper, and inevitably, one of us will ask the other, because this is just a thing that we do, Somewhere, probably on that walk, we go, hey, name three things you're thankful for. 
And the other one goes, well, okay. And we start thinking, oh, here's three things. And then we, they look back, how about you? What's three things you're thankful for? And we end up just exploring that a little bit. And it inevitably sort of turns us towards God. And one of us almost every time goes, wow, I just can't believe how much God's blessed us. And, and just really welcoming God's goodness into our lives. Last weekend on, on our walk, we tried a new question. And we kind of threw that out there where one of us said to the other, hey, what's one way that you feel God is shaping you this week or, or God has been talking to you or impacting you this week. And so we, we went a little deeper then with that question, kept walking, kept talking, enjoying our coffee. And it led to conversation about dreams for the future, what God might be doing in our lives. And, and we ended up actually taking time to actually pray about that a little bit as we walked. And the only thing that was banned from that day was, was our, our jobs, our work. So no pastor work for me and no trucker work for Jeff. We did have a few errands to do. We didn't get it all done. We had a few chores that we had to do, but it wasn't our regular jobs. And, it, and it's, it still was a restful change of pace from the rest of the week. And then somebody goes, so did you just walk and pray the whole time? No, 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 no. We also ate a giant breakfast because we love Saturday breakfast. And, and we, we watched a movie at one part. We played a game at one point. We hung out together. Uh, several weeks ago, we had a friend came. They hung out with us for a while, and we walked together along the canal through downtown Montreal, you know, as part of our Sabbath. And then by Saturday at supper time, we go, okay, well, this is kind of the end. And so Saturday at supper time, we pause and we pray again, or we read scripture, or we have on our phones um, devotional apps or prayer apps, and we, we kind of walk through that. And then once that's done, then the 24 hours is over, and my mind starts turning towards today, towards Sunday, and any last-minute stuff. And frankly, we, we go to bed because Sundays start early for us. We're usually here by 6.30 in the morning. And so, so that starts early for us, and we try to get a good night's sleep before we get into what is a very busy Sunday for us. That's how we have been trying to do it. It's a new rhythm for us, and, and we're still learning it, and it doesn't always work, but we're trying. And, and you might do it a different way. You might, you might do something. Maybe for you, this day right here, this really is your Sabbath. This is gathering together with God's people. And then afterwards, you're going to maybe be with family or you're going to be with friends or you're going to take some time inviting God into your week. And this is what we're, maybe some of you, as you practice Sabbath, hospitality is a big part of that because you love to cook and you love to feed people and invite them into your home. And you, and you invite God in as part of that. And that is, that is kind of part of your rhythm of Sabbath. Or maybe you're a person that you, you during, you know, your, your actual job, your work is at a desk and sitting in front of a computer all day long. And, and there's nothing more restful for you than going out and, and, and cutting the grass or doing yard work of some kind. And when you do that for you, you're out in nature and you interact with God, you know, while you're trimming the hedge or whatever. And, and, and you, or maybe it's when you intentionally get together with friends or family and you just, you just pause and invite God into that space. It's, it's kind of a simple concept. Don't do your regular work. Do include God and, and figure out what works and just, I mean, just start there. Start there. So Isaiah chapter 58 says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not just going your own way and not just doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. You will find your joy in the Lord. That's, 
It's not a bad promise. So I'm going to invite you, as we have been every Sunday, to just take a few minutes with this. And, and you, can, you can take notes, write down some thoughts if you want. You can, you can close your eyes if it helps you to think. But on the screen, there's going to be some questions that we just want you to just take a couple minutes to process for yourself. And go, if, if you were to practice a rhythm of Sabbath in your life, where, where might you begin? Where, where, where could you start? I mean, last week we looked through our time, our, a week full of time and how it's laid out and how it's broken up. Just pause at this moment and go, well, if I was going to try to do this, where, where could I maybe start? Where's a place in my week or a place in my life or something where I could, where I could start? Just let that thought roll around and see if anything just comes to mind. God, just release some ideas now, and at this moment, just help us to hear your voice. And then as you consider that question, where might you begin? Then be honest and, and consider the question, what, what would rest look like for you because you are an individual created by God and God made every one of us different some of us find rest in in art of some kind others of us find rest in nature some of us some of you are like me and you find rest in going for a long walk as long as there's some trees around you you rest what does rest look like for you the way that God created you. And then as you just sort of explore that a little bit of just, if, if I was gonna, if I was gonna try to practice a rhythm of Sabbath, where, where could I start? And what would rest look like for me? And then just add the third piece into that question. How could I include God in that? How could I bring God into that a little more intentionally than I normally do? Is it, is it a, a, a prayer? Is it, is it some scripture? Is it, is it being here on Sunday morning? How do I, what could I do to include God in that space? God, it's, it's quite a uh, radical thought in the world that we live in to rest, to have a Sabbath rhythm of life, to welcome you into that space and just, just breathe and know that you are God and that we can trust the rest of our time with you. It's quite a radical thought. And everything in the world around us fights hard against it. And it fights loudly against it. And so God, in this moment, for some of us, you've, in this moment and through this series, you've dropped into our hearts just this longing, maybe, and maybe some ideas of, 
of Sabbath and how to practice it. And God, the rest of the world's probably just really going to try to push back on that and steal that away from us. So I'm asking that you would protect it. You would, you would put this seed of longing in our hearts to rest as you have called us to and to find you in that space and to find you in that time and to discover with great joy how much you are able to be at work in our entire life when we devote Sabbath time to you. Would you help us to creatively find the way you're calling us to do that in each of our own lives? And to try, just try. And push back the voices that say you have no right to rest. And just go, actually, I do, because God said I could. Shape us, God, in this way, we ask. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Just stand. And I say this carefully and quietly because I hate rest, uh, rushing a moment that might be rest. And so I, I'm saying out loud, you are more than welcome to stay and to just consider processing that with God. But I, I really want to also honor the time that we have set aside for this gathering. And so, God, at this moment, most of us are going out back into a life that has a tendency to become crazy busy. Would you help us to carry rest into that life? Help us to carry the peace of God into our world. And as we go and we connect with our, our coworkers and our family and our friends and our neighbors, would you help us to do good? Would you help us to love each other? And would you help us to reveal Jesus to a world that desperately needs him? I ask your blessing and your covering on every person here. Bring us back safely next week, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic day today. Make sure you say hi to somebody before you leave. Thank you for coming. Be blessed this week, and we'll see you next Sunday.